0: this is Ellis Prince, the pastor of the Gallery Church of Baltimore. I want to thank you for joining our podcast today. I hope this teaching inspires you and gives you courage to pursue Jesus Christ. I hope that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. If we can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: Hello. It's weird coming both up at the same time. I don't know. I feel feel a little awkward about this, but can I say it's Lovely to see all your smiling faces this morning. You guys brighten my day. And I just hope you know that. Um, So this is Psalm 46, right? Psalm 46? Okay. Um, It is a song, but I'm not going to sing it for you. Ouch. Um, Okay. For the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. Hello, I'm Brody. I'm
2: going to be doing our uh, New Testament reading. It is not a song, but I am going to sing it. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, it's Luke chapter one, uh, verse 39 through 45. Um, the heading is Mary visits Elizabeth. At this time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth.
0: I truly believe that Advent is generally um, best taught by our female communicators, our female pastors, elders on our staff. And because of the sabbatical, uh, they wanted me to do this Advent season. But there is nothing worse than a man messing up a woman's story. Um, And there are two women in this story. There's a teenage mom and a woman who fought infertility her entire life. So, For me to step up here and to talk about these two women, it's going to take a miracle of God for it to resonate the way that it ought to resonate because I cannot speak to those two circumstances. I just can just look like many of you in awe and wonder at a teenager willing to say, which we talked about last week, let it be. Like her life was a step towards hope. She heard something from an angel She got affirmation, oh, hey, by the way, six months ago, I went to your elderly aunt who has been barren her entire life, and she's in the story with you. You guys just have different parts. And so now this week, we find ourselves uh, picking up where Mary rushes out, and if we aren't careful, we will go right by the fact that with haste, she made a 90-mile trip. Okay, this is not just a, oh, with haste she ran next door because she knew where Elizabeth lived. Like, this was no simple feat without an automobile or a train or an airplane for a short commute. Mary, with this great news, ran to her aunt. I think we underestimate what it would have been like for Elizabeth to respond with a loud voice. I think we underestimate what it would have felt like for Elizabeth, who was now in her third trimester, to feel the baby move in a way that was unusual. This wasn't the first time little John the Baptist did his thing. This was something different. And so we have this story that if we could just light a candle, turn out the lights, and just focus on Mary as a teenage mother making a 90-mile, which most likely took four or five days on foot if she didn't. Like, obviously, we know later on that she had the joy of upgrading from foot traffic to riding a donkey, you know, to go get a census made. But yet we also have a woman, Elizabeth, that is experiencing something after a lifetime of grief. Uh, This isn't something where Elizabeth had a couple of bad weeks. Elizabeth didn't have just a bad year. And we also don't understand that being a Mary and being an Elizabeth in the first century world before Jesus started to change things would have been an awful experience to be a teen mom and, well, especially a teen mom that's that's claiming divine conception. But Joseph and I, we've never. Oh, yeah. Right? But Elizabeth, to have spent her entire life desiring to have a child, In a world that if you were barren, you were considered cursed. So imagine the conversations when she came in to get her hair done. Imagine the conversations when she walked into the market. Oh, don't touch her, her curse might get on you. Like, she lived her entire life desiring to have something in a world that spiritualized everything. And in a world where they did not understand human anatomy like you and I have, the full, un- a better understanding, there's so much we still don't understand. But yet, with the pressures of their culture, these two women find themselves together. And I would imagine that they're finding themselves together in a room that's probably much more dimly lit than our room is this morning. Because for the first time, a teenager and what was most likely a more elderly woman were having a shared experience and their age gap didn't matter. Because in that moment, they were both realizing that they were coming together for a greater story and each one played their part. And so with that, we begin to find here in this particular story... That why was it so important for Mary to visit Elizabeth? Because the text doesn't tell us. The text just says, she just said, let it be. And then next thing you know, she's making haste to go find Elizabeth. Now, I can make some assumptions, and we'll do that a little bit today. But I want to be careful because I don't want to make the text say something that it doesn't say. But you and I have to figure out how can we live this life and experience peace, whether we're young or we're old. Because we're all living life, and life is not easy for anybody. Now, again, most of us were like, I would at least like to try to live Elon Musk life. (laughs) Like, I would at least like to experience what it's like to be worth nearly a trillion dollars, like whatever it is that he's worth, like it'd be nice. Others of you are like, no, that's a little bit too high. You'd like to lower the standard. You'd like to just be like a tenured professor, or you might just want to have a breakthrough in your scientific study, or you might just be happy to finally pay off your debt to Hopkins, right? So there's different things that we're shooting for, aspirations that are in all of us, but at the end of the day, um, joys and sorrows don't discriminate. And so with that, we're going to find that if we can experience this story of Mary and Elizabeth and then the other supporting cast, we're going to find out that we're not supposed to experience life in isolation. Because in isolation, we think the story's about us. But in actuality, we've all been invited into a greater story. And if we meet the other supporting cast, we're going to have a lot more successful journey. Like, one of the most beautiful pictures of that is the, um, the Tolkien Lord of the Rings, right? It's a beautiful imagery. Some of you are like, I, I can't get through it, like a three-hour movie. Like, it's just, watch the expanded version, and then you're going to be thankful for the original edition, right? And so, with that, you have all these different people, different sizes, ages, gifts, talents, hopes, fears, strengths. And then you have characters that will look at a character and say, I can't do your role But my role is to carry you in your role, right? And so if you and I can watch this narrative and rediscover this Christmas story through Advent, remember, we're not in Christmas yet. We're in Advent. And in this Advent, we are longing for all of these things. We're longing, we're sitting in the darkness realizing that it is hard and it is heavy. And like I said last week, darkness is actually a force. It's not just the absence of light. It has intention. It has strength. It has power. But yet our light dominates that power. Thank God. We have an empty tomb and resurrected Jesus. And because of that, it can push back darkness. But the problem is, is that so many times in the midst of all of this, we lose sight of the fact that the characters that are fighting in this epic story had moments where it seemed like darkness was going to win out over them. But yet, they continue to keep hope, and they continue to learn to walk in the desire for peace. I can't control what other churches do. I wish that some of our brothers and sisters in Christ could handle some things differently, especially in a public setting. The only thing I have voice over is what we do together and how we can talk through things and how we can fight for the image of Christ that we want to display in the area in where we live, learn, work, and play. And so as we step into this story, we can, we, can, we can make some assumptions, but I think the biggest thing that we need to understand is that Mary needed to be with somebody that could understand her, and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you find yourself in a place where you need to be with people that understand you, why should we not find that here in the church? If you have experienced the Holy Spirit, why should you want to run anywhere than to your brothers and sisters that equally have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit? So why is this significant? I think this is one of the things that stands out to me. It shows us an example of what you and I should do when we understand our calling. This story is a great picture of no matter what your role is, when you have a light come on in your life whether it's to sing in the worship team or to work in gallery kids or to invite your neighbors into your home so that they can begin to meet the Christ that lives in your walls. Um, Like whatever it is, whatever the light that comes on for you, like I know this is what the Lord has for my life then I believe that this story, this Christmas story, isn't just about the forgiveness of sins and the the way that Jesus is going to victoriously win things through his death and resurrection. This story is about when God speaks to us, then what do we do? Because when God speaks to you, it's not like a red carpet gets rolled out and you no longer experience pain in this world. It's not, it's not like you get this magic bubble that you get to go through life and nothing touches you anymore. Mary and Elizabeth still experience things. I mean, Elizabeth was in the most peaceful time of her life because her husband was mute. <laughs> but that's about it in regards to the joy in which she was probably going through. But in this moment, when Mary shows up, she got a chance to taste what it's like to have the spirit of the living God with her and her child. And so we find here in this particular passage of Scripture that Mary had faith that Elizabeth was where she should go. She didn't just randomly start running and like, okay, I'm going to hope to bump into somebody. She went with intention and haste to a particular individual. Let me ask you guys this. When God speaks to you, do you know who you need to go to? We're not supposed to just hear and wait. Like when God says something to you, do you have, and can I just ask you this, are you ready to be the one that somebody runs to? It's not just you being the one to receive, but others of you, is, the, is, is, is your faith so shaped in the way that God has been working in other people that if God's doing something in somebody's life that they think I need to get to you for understanding? somehow god said that you would know what i'm going through and then now can you go can you see why us taking time after thanksgiving and just having a sunday where we share testimonies because now some of you know based upon those testimonies of who you need to run to and god speaks to you and God, and like this past week, I had a chance to sit in, in, in a couple of our growth communities and one of the particular growth communities has some of our oldest attendees with some of our youngest attendees and it's beautiful to watch some of the oldest among us spending time and sharing intimate community with some of the youngest amongst us. Beautiful expression of Mary's and Elizabeth's even inside of our own church. And so we need to find ourselves, like James chapter 2 says, that faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action is dead. So why in the world would we experience in our daily window moment, in our Lectio app, have a moment where we know God's spoken to us and we are totally content with it staying right there? It needs to permeate who we are so that we choose to look for other people that are going to be understanding because, again, we're not in an isolated story. We are contributing all to God's redemptive story for the world, and each one of us is being asked to do certain things, not all of us doing the same thing. The other thing that I began to find here in this story is that God brought God's grace and confirmation to both of them. We underestimate the fact that God spoke to Elizabeth personally. God spoke to Mary personally. And Mary thought she was running with haste to somebody that she understood. But Elizabeth was blessed because somebody else that God spoke to came to her to confirm what God had been speaking to her. And so you have two people that are now like, he said, that's you. He said, this is me. He said, that's you. He said, this to me. Like it's building like excitement. Can you understand why Mary breaks out in a song? It's not two ladies sitting around saying, I'm a teenage mom. I'm, a, I'm an old, I've been old and infertile. I've been going through all this all my life. But they're sitting there saying, right now, God did this. God did this. God spoke this. this. Can you believe that we've been asked to do this? And there, it's the, the voices are elevating. The praise songs are about ready to come. And next thing you know, Mary, which we're going to talk about next week, just dives into this song that we've been celebrating throughout the generations as a church it is it was necessary for mary and elizabeth to share their stories of what god was saying to them because god's spirit wanted to confirm it in both of them and this is why earlier when i talked about the $20,000 gift that was given that's a spiritual tickle to something big that's coming that's not the end There's something God's doing. And many of you that are in leadership and many have been with our church for a while, you know that God's up to something crazy, even though our church seems small and like, I don't know, like easily avoidable in our city. Like people can live here and never touch us because we're not big in numbers. But the influence and the things that God is doing right now, church, hold on. But need to understand that you're not just holding on to sit back and like, oh, what is God going to do? It's holding on and everybody keep figuring out why we're all together because God is getting ready to reveal a greater purpose that we're all striving for. I think I've seen some things. Very few people can handle the vision. uh, So I I keep a lot of it to myself. But yet God is up to something incredibly special. And this week we got a chance to feel like what it was like to see a baby twist in a womb. God's about ready to birth something even more powerful, but he's giving us a holy tickle. And when was the last time you experienced a moment where you knew that you just had a moment with God and there was something in you that leapt? Something in you that had this inspirational, like, wait a minute, this was a little bit unusual, And were you able to share it with somebody else that was also equally able to enjoy that? We all need confirmation. We all need it. Church, there's not a person in here that has such great faith That you don't need some sort of hint that you're heading in the right direction. We have a God that wants to show us that we're moving in the right direction. That's why we went through the Gospel of John and Jesus spent several of what John wrote as as his letter, but we broke it down into chapters where he was just talking to them about what the Holy Spirit was going to do. Because the Holy Spirit was going to add the confirmation and the wisdom and the counsel to keep us heading in the right direction. And what Mary and Elizabeth got to experience in an isolated moment, we can experience daily because the Holy Spirit's available to us all the time. But the problem is, is he speaks to me and I keep it to myself. We need to start thinking, if God speaks to me about this, who am I going to run to? And, and, and if God's speaking to me, who do I need to be ready to receive? And no matter how old you are, how young you are, are you ready to receive your brothers and sisters? Elizabeth had faith that there was a reason that God sent Mary to her. That's why I believe that she couldn't help but say it in a loud voice. I don't believe that was Elizabeth's default character. I've got some relatives. They only know how to speak at the ten. Right? Like, you could be saying, like, reading a bedtime story, and they're giving a children a nightmare because their volume is so loud. It's like, (laughs) don't you know how to read a bedtime story? Right? There's certain people that just don't know how to whisper. But there are a lot of people that don't know how to raise their voice either. Sometimes it can be cultural. It's honor, respect. Just because we celebrate in a certain way doesn't mean that everybody celebrates in the same way. But can I just tell you this? When the Holy Spirit of God confirms that you're doing something for him, I promise you there is nothing but a loud voice response that should be what comes. And I think a lot of us are holding it in because we just don't feel safe to let it out. And we've got to grow in our ability to say, I've heard the Lord. Oh, I heard the Lord too. And oh my goodness, well, let's just yell about it. We're going to talk more about this next week, but I also believe that Mary and Elizabeth visit confirm plans, but next week we'll talk more about that. But Elizabeth and Mary's strong common bond was their faith in God. I don't know how to emphasize, um, without sounding overly redundant, about the need for the older and younger congregation that I've loved being usually one of the oldest people in the room. But I also have grieved being one of the oldest people in the room for a long time. Uh, but just because of where we're geographically located, it's generally the place where people with life and enthusiasm want to live. But those of us that have lived are like, oh, taxes are too high, we don't want to live here. You guys just don't know. <laughs> but we need to understand that by stepping into this space and each other's spaces, we are saying, I trust Jesus. I know you trust Jesus. So why are we shocked that something special can't happen? Why do we so underestimate what happens when two people that love Jesus collide? Why do we live with so low expectations? That, oh, okay, I just am going to take up a seat in the same row as you, but maybe God wants to do something that is divine and powerful, but we come with so low of an expectation. And we don't have time. We're going to spend time on the Holy Spirit um, after Easter leading up to Pentecostal, but for the Spirit to cause the baby to jump, In a way that Elizabeth identified it as unusual. I mean, I can only begin to imagine how much that baby turned. This week on Tuesday, I felt a turn. And I know some of you need to experience that turn. And the only thing I can say is stay patient. Stay together. We're not meant to go through this in isolation. Identify somebody that you know will understand. And with haste, go to them. Stop putting off. Let's start moving with haste. Let's move with that intention. Let's not grow weary in doing good. We need to continue to keep moving and being... uh, Moving ahead, so last week it was hope, this week is peace. Can I tell you, Mary and Elizabeth show us how to live in chaos but experience peace. And it's together. Because together, we, can, we, we, we begin to see that there can be confirmation. That we're not wasting our time. That our lives aren't pointless. And that God does have a bigger story and that he's inviting us in on it. Father, I just come to you right now, and I ask in the name of Jesus that you would um, let stay in us what needs to stay in us. The things that some people need, Lord, that it wouldn't um, be in vain. And Lord, I ask that in Christ that you would bring peace. Because, Father, I know this is a word right now that seems like it's only associated with wars. And, Father, we need peace on the border of Eastern Europe, we need peace on the borders of. In the Middle East, Father, yes, we need peace. We need peace, Father, on streets of our city. Father, there's things that are at war. Father, some of us need peace in our home because of strife and violence and anger. But Father, we are also praying for a spiritual peace that our faith in you isn't in vain. And so, Father, today as we just look at Mary and Elizabeth's relationship, Father, would you continue to remind us of things that we can do while we're in darkness? Father, I pray that we are a church that people want to run to when they feel a tickle of the Spirit of God or they hear the voice of God. Lord, I pray that that there's a desire for us to be in it with one another. But Father, I also pray that you would continue to confirm names of flesh and blood people that are empowered by your Holy Spirit, that are ready to receive others and celebrate with a loud voice the things that you're revealing for us until Christ returns. And so Father, as we get ready to come to the Lord's table, I ask in the name of Jesus that you bless it that the bread that's broken is a symbol of Christ's body and that the, the cup, Lord, that's a symbol of Jesus's blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, as we step into that, Lord, we are wanting to celebrate the truth about what Jesus did for us. But Father, we are also asking for the hope and the peace to step into the Lord's table so that we can live our lives like Jesus. Father, we know that you are wanting us to live like Christ, and if that is brokenness and being poured out for others, we are asking for your Spirit to give us the strength to say yes to that. And so, Father, as we do this in remembrance of you, we say thank you. As we do this in remembrance of you, we are also asking for you to empower us to live like you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Gallery Church podcast. I want you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your mind and heart. Let Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, do the deep work that only he can do. I want to say thank you to everyone who gives to the church. Your gifts make this podcast and ministry possible here in Baltimore and other parts of the world. You can be a part of our work by going to gallerychurchbaltimore.com slash give or by downloading the church app from the app store. You can also subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening or watching and may God's grace and peace be with you.